Cliffcentral.com with myself, Mabale Molloy. Um, there's a bit of commotion in the studio right now. <laughs> Aspasia has literally just walked in. <sighs> Dressed for the Marie Claire trunk show in Cape Town. You're a vision. Look at you. <laughs> We've got Roxy Berger also joining us in studio this afternoon. We're going to have a bit of fun t- chatting about Bridezilla's. Indeed, indeed. Because we <laughs> are in that wedding season. No, listen, it's it's a big time. It's what a big with Angelina Jolie. Oh yes, of course. Oh, she and Brad Pitt. We yeah. talk about her Atelier Versace gown. How was that? And the doodles. She had her kids doodle on the back of her veil and they embroidered it on her veil. It was, <laughs> it was really gorgeous. Oh, sweet man. What, like all six of them? Eight. Yeah, I mean, just, twelve. Yeah. I don't the know. entire brood. The you know, Jolie Pitt brood. What I liked about Brad and Angelina is that it happened and nobody even knew. And then you yeah. found out days later. It's like Beyonce. Hey, here's an album. Yeah, you know. Yeah, here's a wedding. Which is the complete opposite to Kim and Kanye because oh, for them it was like a whole week production, long affair. Production. Yeah. But um, Aspasia, you're right. We are talking weddings. It is that time of season. And I notice, you know, because it's such a topical thing. Um, Our various um, acolytes uh, yeah. and friends, so-called friends, are in the same subject as us. Well, Those the, girls just before us. Yes, who the, are they again? The ladies from Chicks Dig It. <gasps> who are they again? I love that. Carly, Sade and Zizo, they were also talking about weddings. But uh, we're going to take a bit of a different angle this afternoon. In yes. fact, I want us to focus more on the one big aspect that could either ruin or make the wedding. <laughs> what the subsequent sort of situation <laughs> what happens afterwards <laughs> well i mean the whole day is supposedly about the bride right it's her day it's her big moment everything is about the bride i correct? have to say my brother supposedly. is busy um just got engaged and and we as a family have decided yes it's all about the bride what does she want anything she wants that's that's the route we've taken uh-huh because otherwise i can see you know things fall apart the center does not hold. So tell us, Roxy, because I believe that um, <laughs> you have a small history in weddings. Well, first of all, Roxy, you got married not too long ago. Mm, I got it? married in April. Congratulations. Thank you. You appear to have survived. Your I did. marriage is still intact. I did. And I promise you, we didn't invite you in here today because you're a bridezilla or anything. You know, we just thought, well, you know, you're a bride. There were moments. Right. I think. <laughs> I think it's. Some people are serious bridezillas. My mother actually turned around to me and said, I'm so surprised that you did not turn out that way because she's like, you can be anal retentive. Mm. And I completely expected you to be a bridezilla. Mm. But I wasn't. I was quite grateful. There were moments. And I think it's just, it's the pressure that you put on yourself and it's the pressure that everybody puts on you and it's the planning. And I think it's like a year in the making. And then towards the end, it just gets a little bit hectic. And you realize that you've spent so much damn money on this one day. Right. And you're like, oh my God, what am I actually doing here? But why, 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 why is there, yeah. Why is there all this why? pressure on the know. bride while the groom sits back and kind of looks at you and he says, I don't know what she's stressing there about. There are groomzillas out there. There are. Are there? There are. There are. No, they are. I've, actually. I have experienced them. Um, in in full force, not necessarily my very own groom. What do they do? What, who what fortunately makes them took a sort of backseat. Mine too. But no, yeah. there there are certain fellows who are completely obsessed with the finer details, 
No, completely. You know what? Actually, you're right because I do remember articles being written about Kanye West kind mm. of sort he was of the, taking was the over that filler. whole wedding. I can, but listen, it's, I mean, Kanye's life is the Kanye show. So <laughs> I, 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 I think it's kind of obvious that that was the yeah. direction that was heading. Yeah. It's Kanye's show with his wife Kim as like the guest star. Exactly. Supporting actress. But somehow, I mean, I think there's a definite trend. Weddings have become just a much bigger deal. If if you look at pictures from the 40s, people were getting married in like sort of small, you know, day suits, terribly elegant. Shamar, they'd hop down to the, you know, civil office, wherever it is mm. that you do it, sign on a dotted line, flit off. It was, it seemed like rational yeah. within the realm of reason. Mm. And now it's become a very major thing. And what, what could it possibly be? I mean, how do you feel? Roxy, I don't know. Is it not the rise of social media? Uh, no, you know. Did you tweet just, your wedding? Of course. <laughs> I tweet everything. Did though, you have live updates though? Because we I all did. We had this hashtag specifically okay. for the wedding. It was ridiculous. Which people do now. Yeah, but I must say, it was, it was actually incredibly fun because when I went onto Instagram later, I could search the hashtag and I could find pictures. And you don't get to see a lot of it. I don't get to see people arriving. Yeah. My friends having fun before because we were getting ready and all that drama. But I think it's maybe just the rise of social media fueling our egos and wanting to make it this big spectacle. And sometimes I think a lot of girls want the wedding and they miss the fact that there's actually a marriage afterwards. And mm. this is party. this fellow yeah. that you have to kind of, or, or lady, or sure. the other way. The other way. But I think sometimes um, people just don't realize that there is actually, it's about getting married and not really about having a massive party, <laughs> actually. Well, I came across a show, um, it's called Bridezillas, and this is what I love about Americans, is because they can take almost anything under the sun, Absolutely. and they will turn it into a show. So, have a listen to this, because we are going to be focusing on Bridezillas over the next hour. Um, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can give us a call on 0861-555-189, or you can message us straight through to WeChat on the Cliff Central official account, or tweet us at cliffcentral.com. Have a listen to this. Why is it not? Try clear? and have a listen to this. This been really Okay, I'm sorry. Let's start that again. Computers, blame <sighs> technology. Just blame me. It's not easy being a bride to be. This whole planning a wedding um, has been really stressful. I mean, I'm going bald. I'm losing my hair over this wedding. I don't know. All this stress is making my skin break out. And it's making it very stressful to be a blushing bride. Oh, I think I've cried I don't know how many times. The pressure can be overwhelming. I I wouldn't put anyone through this. I wouldn't put an enemy through this process. With all that stress, even a woman who's normally cheerful, pleasant, well-mannered, and warm-hearted can turn into the most terrifying creature known to mankind. Do I have an all-day bitch cast? A cold-blooded, cold-hearted, high-maintenance, high-decibel, bad-tempered... It's no one's business what we do. Bad to the bone... Bridezilla. That Bridezilla bitch. Rule of the day is do not ask Magdalena questions. Okay, no more eating people. I need your undivided attention. I don't care how they feel. I don't give a shit. It's not that unbalanced. It's unbalanced. Just shut up. 
Bitch, you're on my veil. I need a tissue, please. You have to serve me. I'm a bride. Is anybody considering the bride? Hello? I am the boss. <laughs> She's breathing fire. My favorite is, bitch, you're on my veil. Oh, my word. Now, I've, I've never been married, and I need to understand where all the stress comes from. Where does it come from? I don't know, but I, I, I invited um, a guest who has just uh, arrived, the lovely Frances Goodman, who is an artist who focuses on a whole lot of um, female-centered Issues, women's issues, really. And one of her exhibits was, in point of fact, focused on the wedding. And she, uh, the night she opened the exhibition, she asked everyone to come in their old wedding gowns. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> if, if, you could, if you could still fit in your wedding gown, I suppose, depending uh, well, on that, how long ago you got married. That was crucial. Yeah. That was the crucial bit. But, Frances, I mean, where, where does all the stress around the wedding originate from? Gosh, I think there are a lot of things that make women stressed about it. I think um, the the first thing is the traditional expectations of what a marriage is and what it should be and what women want to achieve from being married. And um, I think there's a lot of pr- pressure, sort of societal pressure and also an economic pressure too. It, it's become sort of all about status and about who you are and what you've achieved and it says a lot about where you are in your life. So if you can have a lavish wedding, then you can, you know, it shows that you've succeeded more than if you have to have a small, uh, intimate, sort of cheap wedding. So it's a comeuppance, really. A societal slap in the face. Look at me. <laughs> I think so, because uh, for the piece I interviewed over 40 women on marriage and weddings, and uh, the more I spoke to them... There seemed to be a weird glitch between uh, marriage and a wedding and being married. They're sort of two different things. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more about the wedding and a lot less thinking about actually being married after you had the wedding. And I think the sort of status symbol is the wedding and life is the marriage. So you don't sort of think about that that much. Um, Roxy, you were mentioning this earlier. You were saying a lot of the women are focused on the actual wedding and not mm. so much the marriage yeah and you said that there were moments where you felt like you were maybe losing control a bit speaking of bridezillas i think so. were you aware at that point in time that okay yeah. wait a minute i'm 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 being a bit over over dramatic here i think it's just i think it's the whole thing of this it takes so long to plan this thing and it gets down to it and then you realize that it's, it's this one day mm. and it wasn't necessarily that I was losing my mind. It was just, I think I, you mentioned economic pressure. I think you realize it, it towards the end, you've realized I've spent a lot of money. No matter how small you make a wedding, weddings are expensive. People hear that, oh, you want flowers for a wedding and all of a sudden the price triples. Oh, this cake is for a wedding and not a 21st. And then all of a sudden it's like double the price. So I think, I think it just gets towards, and I must say my frustration came in that we had a destination wedding. So we were down in plates. And Neil was playing golf <laughs> and going out with his friends. And I'm like driving to the airport to fetch the photographer. And it was little things like that that started to frustrate me. But that was, I, that was my own, I'm a bit of a control freak. Yeah, I wanted to do it myself. So in retrospect, I was just stupid because he would have done it if I'd asked him. 
Now, can I confess a really embarrassing wedding madness story? When I was getting married, I also had a destination wedding. Who knew that that's what you call them? A destination <laughs> I wedding. I had a destination wedding. Yes, it was terribly mm-hmm. lavish in Greece. And I basically... That's quite a destination. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that I was getting married. I think it was kind of something that I resisted internalizing in my head. So I just let my mother and father sort of plan the whole wedding, which was delightful. But there was a moment, the panty throwing incident. I'm sorry, the what? Yes, yes. <laughs> panty, I was going to say panty throwing. I mean, I know I've got a throwing, but I've never heard panty, of panty, panty throwing. Panty throwing across the room because I got into a terrible fight with my mother because the dress, and this is the sort of ridiculous stuff that occurs under the marital duress, like, oh, my wedding duress or whatever we call it. So this dress was cut on the bias with like silk. And so you could see everything. And this particular panty that I was wearing, you could see the lining. It wasn't one of those like sort of genius hidden panties. You could see everything. So (laughs) I said to my mother, I'm just not going to wear it. She said, no, you must. You you can't go to church. And we were getting married in a cave, no less. But a sac, you know, a very, very, you know, religious cave at the back of which some saint had like sort of died and sanctified the water and... So she said, you really, you really cannot stand and get married without a panty. No panties on. And so we had the panty fight, which I'm, I'm lived sorry, on. But is it because I tossed that panty across the room? <laughs> I was like, I will not wear the panty. Finally, we compromised at some juncture. But wait. But I will not tell but you. But wait. Uh, I mean, help me here. Were you against wearing that specific pair? There or, was no other pair. You that just, was you the wanted pair. to go. Oh, natural. Oh, natural, because these were pictures that were going to remain last forever. Lifetime, last yes. a lifetime, yes. and now I'm going to have the panty line. I think it's interesting that um, you know there's the pressure. Bring a voice of, the, of reason, Francis. The, there's the pressure <laughs> of the children, and then there's also pressure on the parents. Like mm-hmm. the, the amazing thing ha- that happens is that parents, you know, when you say you're getting married, they're pretty cool about it. And then the further along you get, the more they want, the bigger their expectations. Completely. They're like, the flowers are not enough. The venue's not enough. The food's not enough. You know, I think that it becomes, there are all these layers of complication about what a wedding is. And a wedding is not just a day of two people coming together and getting married. A wedding is about showing everyone what you've achieved, like what your children have achieved. And, you know, I think that they're weird things like your mother getting upset about your panties, you know, because the thing is, is that it has to well, be perfect. scandalous, really. You, exactly. You can't have a scandalous daughter who wears uh, no panties no on her wedding day. So what? Everybody gets involved in, your, in in the planning of your wedding then, Roxy? I found I fought with my mom the most. Yeah. And my mother is such a chilled person. And she was incredibly, incredibly uptight about a lot of things. And ironically, she was telling everybody else, no, it's her day. You know, they they can do what they like. I mean, when we told Neil's parents, my husband's parents, that we were getting married at the coast, they told us we're selfish. Oh. Like, you're absolutely selfish. I like, listen, this is a strategy. I want less people to come. So now, that's now partly I've, why. I've, I've heard that. Is that why yeah, to try and people get will go? Down. Yeah. No, I absolutely. I don't know about that. Everyone came to our destination. I must say, it didn't, work. it didn't work in our instance as well. We actually had probably 10 less people than what we planned. But oh, dear. My mom, I think also for us, what was a bit of a sticky situation was our parents are quite religious and we're not particularly religious. Mm. So we'd asked a friend of ours to marry us to do the ceremony and 
she was not happy with that at all. And she then <laughs> tricked me because we, we needed to legally get married. My friend could not legally marry us. She was just going to do the ceremony. So I was like, well, let's go to home affairs. Totally fine with that. Home affairs was booked up for a ridiculous amount of time, like six months. So we had to go to a church. But I literally, I wanted to go in and sign the papers like you kind of oversee it. She got you to take the vows, didn't we she? We went. and But I arrived there. It was actually in Platenburg Bay where we were getting married on the Thursday before the actual wedding on the Saturday. And we got there and there's the minister and we're in the, the um, little church. And I was just like, what's going on over here? I don't understand. And they made us, you know, to have and to hold, you know, for richer, for poorer. And I was just, I got over it. I was yeah. angry with her. I was mm. actually really upset with her because I just felt like I was tricked into it and I was coerced into doing something. That, that is really the point is that suddenly all these latent societal pressures Must that maybe imposed. we haven't really thought about suddenly come to a fall. And this is what I wanted to ask you, Francis. So what was the point with all those wedding dresses? Well, you know, the, I think a lot of the work that I make is about women and, and how the society we live in shapes what, who a woman is and what a woman is now. And I think one of the really pressing things is is marriage. And the, the, the thing that I was interested in with this piece was if you – interview a whole lot of women who have education on their side, who know that there is choice, that marriage is a kind of construct, that it's not something you have to do to be successful, to be happy, mm. to be normal. Um, you know, what happens to these women when they know this? And the amazing thing is, was that when they know it, they still want it because mm. the pressure is so great that being married means you're accepted, means you're normal, means you've succeeded. And if you don't get married or if no one wants to marry you, um, it's sort of a sign of failure. You know, I was married very unsuccessfully. And uh, I have a lot of people who say to me, well, at least you did it. You know, <laughs> at least you can say you've been married as though that's better than consolation prize. Well, it's better to have been married and to have been then, unsuccessful to yeah, not be married. Ridiculous. If you haven't been married, then you haven't been chosen. And I think that's the thing is that, is that a sign of success is to have been chosen. And I, I mean, that's what I was really fascinated by is, you know, like all these women who in a way, and I'm not saying marriage is a bad thing, but, you know, in a way, all of these women who should know better still, and the, the piece was women who not married. So the piece wasn't about women who have been married. It was about women who haven't been married, who may be going through the process or still looking or have been married, but it was unsuccessful. And there was this whole thing about failure. And I think that that's, it's a very sad state of affairs that women feel like failures if they don't get married. Mm. Or if they don't have children. And I suppose yeah. the question that one needs, <clears throat> excuse me, one needs to ask themselves in that moment is, well, why do I want to marry this man? Am I doing it because, you know, it will look good? Or am I doing it because this is what I want to do? And I think a lot of the women that I started interviewing, you know, especially the older they got, you know, because the, the women that they range from age from sort of 18 to about, you know, in their 50s and, you know, early 20s, people were still quite cool about it. They're quite, they sort of had, you know, ideological views of it, you know, like I'll only marry for love. You know, it has to be the right guy, but I really want to meet someone and I want to get married. And then you got into the 30s and there was an anxiety, this kind of deep mm. anxiety that 
they weren't going to get chosen and that they weren't going to get married and that, you know, they weren't going to have children and that this biological clock was ticking and what were they going to do about it? And, um, and then women started making decisions differently. And it wasn't the decisions of like, oh, I'm just crazy about him and I just want to be with him and these kind of romantic ideas. The ideas started shifting to being, he's good for me and he'll give me a good life and he'll be good to have children with. Mm. And, you know, maybe I haven't found the one, but he's enough. And I think that that's kind of interesting. And then when you got to the 40s, there was a different uh you know, the, the weight was different. And when you got to the fifties, there were women who were like more interested in companionship because all of that other stuff had passed. And it was just about being happy and comfortable with someone. And I suppose it's sort of the shift from being kind of driven by your desires and your loins and that lust you feel for someone to making more practical decisions. But isn't that at the core of why we do get married because I mean, well, I don't know. Why I'm, you should. I'm still not, why you I'm still not married, married yet. <laughs> no, you're not, but surely that's why society has created these whole, the, the idea of the marital contract is so that we can all carry on and have babies, procreate and do it within a sort of situation where those babies are legitimized in some context. And so there's that immensely practical side. Okay. We're evolve. It's evolution. And we've, but why have we attached so many? And also what I find interesting is why there's such a renewed focus on marriage because there was a period mm. where people had kind of stepped away from marriage and were like, ah, oh, this is very outmoded in the sixties and seventies. And now it's a high divorce rates. And now yeah. it's a huge thing. And if you look at like all studies of like sort of 18 to 25 year olds, they're incredibly conservative. Mm-hmm. They're voting conservatively, strangely. They're uh, opposed to wild free sex. They're all these people who are keeping themselves for marriage, having no sex. Yes. What is that? And they publicize their virginity and glorify it, make it this big thing, this big deal. Call them the hipster Christians. I think they've got tattoos and virginity on their side. I I think it's an interesting thing because I think that, you know, uh, there's, a lot that needs to be thought about in terms of feminism and what's going on with women and feminism. And I think that if women are feminists, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't want to get married, but you want to get married for the reasons that, you know, that the marriage works for you as opposed to getting married because of what it says about you as a woman. And I think that it's marriage can, in some ways, you know, these more conservative ideas are more conservative in terms of women. And I think that, you know, that is something that should be thought about a bit. And calling women bridezillas is almost like a bit of a bitch slap, I, I think. I think it's kind of quite sexist in a way. It's like calling, so? it's yeah. like calling, mm-hmm. calling women crazy. You know, as soon as a woman sort of gets angry or anything, she's crazy. But, you know, but don't <laughs> some of these women, because here's my thing. Sometimes I think that there's too much emphasis and pressure placed on the wedding day to the point where, you know, they make this woman feel like you're the star and you're the most important person of the day and, you know, you should have whatever you want. These princess fantasies. Yes. And mm, I don't know why. I don't know if that's such a healthy thing because that's where you then get some of these women who make these outrageous demands and then they forget somewhere along the line that they've got to think logically sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, if you demand to have 
But we've been indoctrinated with that. I mean, all of those stories that we've been told since childhood, you know, Cinderella, we're all like saved by princes on horses. And then you have that day where you're special. And when I was doing this piece, I was interviewing one woman who talked about how it's your day of celebrity. If you're not a celebrity, that is your day of celebrity. And once you get married and you have children, that's your day. That is the day that you are going to shine and it's going to be all about you because once you're married, there's not one it's day that's over. about you. Actually, I'd like to ask a question. Yeah. Is it really that bad to be that self-indulged for a single day? I don't know. Is it? I, I'm I'm just asking the question. So well, is I'd it, just like to be self-indulged every day. I, know, I mean, so, I'm pretty self-indulged <laughs> all the time. My point right, is, right. why must I wait for that special day? No, sure, when, but I think some well, girls... Even the idea of phrasing it as that special day. Mm-hmm. No, sure. I no. mean, surely I can make a lot of days special. Absolutely, but I'm talking about on, on a... On a it's almost celebrating that person. Mm. I hear you about it possibly only being about the bride. And I was actually angry, for example, with my photographer. Every photo is of me. There's barely anything of Neil. Right. I, I was actually, I actually emailed her back and I said, did you not take a single picture of the guys getting ready? Number one. Yeah. D- when we saw each other before the ceremony, um, I Kim Kardashian ugly cry. So I decided <laughs> that I, I didn't want to see him for the first time walking down the aisle because it was just a lot of emotion. I just wanted to get that kind of like emotion, very like uh, out of the way. Yeah. And she didn't take a picture of his face when we saw each other. For the first time. And you would have liked to have that really, as a memory. I wanted that. I, I really, really wanted that because mm. a lot of it you forget. So you, it's a lot going on. So you want to look back at your pictures and. But it's, it's, yeah. it's social conditioning. It's yeah, all it is. social conditioning because it's conditioned that the, it's the woman who plans it. It's the woman, it's her day. And the man kind of goes along with it and is, you know, but the, the man has facilitated it because, you know, nine times out of 10, it's the man who's proposed and it's the man who's taken it to that point. You know, so I think that it's a double-edged sword. It's like yeah. I was quite, I was quite happy for him to sit back. So it's like, oh, you know, I, I want him to be involved, and I get angry with him. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, shut up! I don't care what you think about the flowers. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like we, we kind of, it's both sides, I guess. Okay, well, let me play you another clip from the same show, Bridezillas. Now, obviously, these shows, the way that they're structured and designed, you know, it's yeah. for entertainment purposes. But I do want to ask you if this is normal and if maybe these demands are just a little bit too extreme. To be included in Gloria's big day isn't just an honor, it's a privilege. Why wouldn't you want to be part of greatness? And if anyone doesn't see it quite the same way, they'll be dismissed. She's out the wedding. You're my mom, but I still will call the police. When I don't get my way, I tend to make people cry. I don't need no extra drama. I tend to make people uncomfortable. You have issues. When I do get upset, I have to get out of the presence of whatever is making me upset. Shut up! Otherwise, I'd probably be in jail. You want to go to jail? How we doing over here? The bridal party isn't just on Gloria's time, but also on Gloria-approved diets. You can't have this. It has too much bread. I will eat what I want. Thank you. Well, I'm doing cuts today, so if you're over the allotted amount, then I'm going to have to get you out of there, all right, Chubby? I'd rather have no bridesmaids than big ones. And this buzzkill bridezilla isn't satisfied until she's ruined everyone's good time. Ladies! 
I brought a scale to weigh all the girls. The bridal party has to be under a certain amount. I don't want to get on the scale, Gloria. Don't force her. You're being insubordinate here. Just days before the wedding, Gloria has been summoned to her grandmother's house for an emergency family meeting. You kicked me out the wedding. Also, Leslie. Leslie has not been pulling her weight. There was a very important meeting yesterday. You had a hangover. No, I definitely didn't have a hangover. You went to the hospital for dehydration. I'm not buying it. The day that we had to go and try our dresses on, I was in the hospital that whole day. I felt like she understood that. So what are you going to do? Grab some Gatorade and come to the, to the meeting. Leslie has no remorse for not being there for me, and she really has a butthole attitude, and she shouldn't. She should have more of a whatever-you-like-ma'am attitude. You are totally a bitch. Gloria, get it together, or you're not going to have anybody at your wedding. Get over yourself. I'm done, Gloria. I'm done. I am done with the whole wedding. You guys can go. I don't want to go. Now, with nearly everyone in the wedding party kicked out or quitting, you'd think our bridezilla would be just a little bit concerned. Gloria, are you satisfied? With this. Yep, I am, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> now, Roxy, you you actually got very animated when the part about her weighing her bridesmaids. That's disgusting. Because Come you on. because you say that you you heard a story about somebody. I know, I know someone. She's actually getting married this week. <laughs> I swear, she got married on Saturday. She put her friends on diet. Yeah, she's a fitness instructor. She owns her own gym, whatever. And okay. she told them you have to lose a certain amount of weight, otherwise, sorry, you can't be in my bridesmaid. But you see, this is this is the, this is why I'm asking the question. Like, do you not sometimes think that you're going a bit too far with this whole wedding thing? When no. when you when you get to that extreme, is that even sensible? No. But there you go. So I mean, uh, it it comes back to the idea. It's not sensible. Mm. It's insanity. But it comes back to the idea that these are your pictures for life, and you know, just in the same way that I was tossing the panty, <laughs> they're probably tossing the kilograms around. So it it's it certainly I mean it impacts on you. But I was thinking whilst we were listening to all of that how peculiar human society is. I mm. mean I, I was hearing about these people who live in um Kazakhstan or somewhere some stan in some foreign pleki. Yeah. And what happens there is that because they have to pay dowries and you know, we haven't even touched on any of that. So it's mm. a great, I mean, perhaps this is the gigantic wedding is the sort of dowry thing. But, um, you know, and you're paying it for society to celebrate with you. But in this place with the diaries, what happens is that because they're so expensive and people are living in quite abject poverty, they've come to these like fantastic agreements where two families will basically interchangeably marry their children off. So if they have a son and a daughter and a daughter and a son, they they do these joint marriages. And then if the marriages fall apart, then the whole thing falls apart because now obviously they don't want to be liable for the diaries. And this has been going on for millennia. And it's really tragic because obviously it's quite a conservative society. They send them all back home. And I thought, this is tragic. I mean, in a sense, all right, we are wedding but F okay, mm-hmm. but at least we don't have these appalling sort of societal things, arranged marriages, which we do to a large extent. There are those things happening in South Africa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the sort of white wedding syndrome is probably the least of our problems. 
I think, I mean, when I was listening to it, I was thinking more about the reality TV culture we live in. <coughs> I think that says more about, you know, the kind of thing we're watching than, you know, is that really as bridezilla as everyone gets or are those people not extreme? Yeah, and or is it sensationalized? They're sensationalized because it's television. You know, I think that... I don't know. I know someone who made her bridesmaids these days. <laughs> I think that these people exist. No, of course they exist. But I do also think that... You know, I think reality TV also breeds this kind of thing sure. because it breeds this uh, culture of like the way you stand out is by being extreme. You know, everyone wants to be a star and reality TV is creating this opportunity for everyone to have that for the 15 minutes, you know, and you have your 15 minutes by being a bridezilla or you have your 15 minutes by living in a house with 20 other people or whatever. And well, I and know then lifestyle, becomes, the Lifestyle Channel is, in yeah. fact, going to be running a, some kind of bride show, yeah. a wedding show, your best yeah. wedding or something, and, like, competing wedding. This is also a perfect it, wedding as well on and then, and Magic, I, I think it is. I think the thing is is that it it uh, encourages a navel-gazing society, this kind of self-absorbed, inward-looking, obsessed-with-the-self culture mm -hmm. where you think about yourself all the time mm -hmm. and you are number one and the, the more indulgent you are the more intriguing you are and I think that maybe that is also contributing to people becoming the way they're becoming I blame the Kardashians <laughs> telling you it's their fault now the bridal business is a big business in itself and I cannot help but wonder how much of a role the business element of that plays in, you know, women just going about their business, trying to plan their wedding, and then all of a sudden, you, they've spent too much money. Because, Absolutely. well, it's in the business's best interest to get the bride and the groom to do that. They're the ones who are marketing. Yeah. So they're the ones who are telling you, you are special. Yes. It's okay to spend 30,000 rand on a wedding dress because it's your special day, and yeah. you need to look amazing. So, of course, they contribute. And weddings are big money. Yes. Yeah. Big, big money. And, you know, they're only big money if you spend big money so you know if if someone goes you know well actually i just I want, want to get married in france yeah. with my children around me <laughs> shame poor angelina she had a small wedding i think they're struggling a bit eh? <laughs> i think they're struggling small intimate wedding for bad <laughs> yeah yeah can i just france. ask you those pictures on people did they sell those they must have they have well, and are they going to some kind of charity generally that's what they do a yeah. wedding charity they generally do that well, they really, do. Brad and Ange don't keep the money. They yeah, as a little it. monastery in Italy, mm. or a nunnery, in fact. Mm. And it's the most charming place where they collect old wedding gowns. Speaking about your 30,000 rand wedding gown and what have you. Um, and at, on that, please remind me to tell you, but let me tell you about the nunnery. So in this nunnery, these nuns who have never gotten married sure. took pity on <laughs> poor Brides, mm. people who don't have a lot of money. And so what they do is that they basically collect the wedding gowns and then you go for your big day and they will, you know, mm. give you a wedding gown, which is a magnificent thing. Yeah. I think the sweet nuns. There's a place in New York called the Wedding Garden and they do the same thing. So you go and donate your old wedding dress and they sell them, but at way cheaper prices mm. and then that money goes to charity. Or in Johannesburg, you can just go to the charity shops. There are tons around they the are. place. And there are tons of wedding dresses there. Exactly. Isn't yeah. that the saddest thing, though? I mean, I went to an auction and I saw somebody's old wedding pictures. You know, they were blown up. They were gigantic. Um, okay. A huge wedding picture <laughs> with permatan. She had the long nails. I mean, okay, she was not the world's most glorious bride. 
But there, I mean, it was a completely different time. No, I'm assuming. no, no. It was like clearly quite a recent wedding. Okay, I'm telling so you. It wasn't like from the 70s. No, no. This was more recent permatan. And the point was that there was her wedding picture, or his wedding picture. I'm not sure who had put it up for auction, and that was just so sad for me. I was like, but oh, were they were they, were they well known, or did they no, just, oh, just random people odd. with their sad random wedding picture up for? And I thought, well, imagine because they'd clearly been. She looked like a bridezilla. She'd had that tan. <laughs> she had her. She was ready, mm. and and now it had all ended terribly in the auction house. Kind Shame. of sad. Yeah, that is. I, we all just had a bit of a pause there, like, oh, yeah, it's just. A pause. <laughs> but that's the point, is that? <laughs> but Roxy, you were involved in the bridal business because you did run your own for a while. I did. I sold wedding gowns, so we kind of had it. We we focused on on a budget sort of market, so girls who were didn't have thirty thousand rand to spend on dresses. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what price is is on that wedding dress. It doesn't matter the price tag. It makes no difference. They will demand. They want their pound of flesh, no matter if it's a 2,000 rand wedding dress or right. a 70,000 rand wedding dress. So what do you mean? What did they demand? Oh, you know, phone calls. I made the mistake of putting my actual cell phone number. Well, we had it. We had a dedicated <coughs> cell phone number, but it wasn't a landline. It was a cell phone number. And eventually I would, I'd switch it off at five o'clock because at, in the beginning I'd get phone calls at 11 o'clock at night. And what are they calling you for? To find out if they can please replace the, the, the band, for a white band. Instead of a white band, they want a pink band. Yeah, yeah. And just phoning three times to find out when the dress is arriving, when I've given them a date and it takes like 30 days or whatever to be made and shipped over, whatever it might be. And just demanding, just incredibly demanding and really... You know, if you don't reply to an email within an hour, why haven't you replied to my email? Little things like that, but it's just ridiculous. I eventually, I couldn't do it anymore. It was a great, <laughs> I'll tell you, it was a lucrative business. Yeah. I regret selling it now. I regret selling the store now. We just had a little um, a little uh, showroom. We didn't have an actual retail store, but I regret it because I could have made a lot more money. <laughs> off, off the crazy demands of uh, the bride to be the princess for a day. I tell you. It's crazy. No, it really is. I, I think people do get a little bit on the ridiculous side. Um, 0861-555-189 on Cliff Central or message us straight through to WeChat. And I see Lionel has done so. Um, shame. He sent us an e-card which says, marriage is like playing a deck of cards. When you start out, all you have are two hearts and a diamond. After a while, you just wish you had a club and a spade. <laughs> ah. Well, he's not far off sometimes. Well done, Lionel. But just coming back to Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, who are these almost iconic examples of marriage, really. So, but why? Well, because firstly, it's it's a life cycle of marriage. It's almost like a sort of modern tale of what goes on. They're iconic. He like ran off from his first fairy tale bride, America's sweetheart, for the vampire. Princess or renegade. whatever you have, the renegade. Mm. So, so it became like an archetypal story of like bad versus good woman. But now she's almost like sort of come full circle and now like we have Mother a whole new archetype. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so now this like sort of these pictures were very compelling for me because I was like, she's almost sanctified herself. She looked, 
she looked like Snow White. And very traditional wedding gown. Very traditional. Yeah, so up, the entire really message was, it, it was very interesting for me if you were just analyzing it from the outside. I think also the idea of the married woman versus the non-married woman. There are a lot of uh, discussions and debates about, you know, um, Beyonce versus Nicki Minaj and about, you know, like their different kinds of feminisms that they both state themselves to be feminists and they both talk about sort of being liberated women. Yeah. And that um, Beyonce's feminism is okay because she's a married woman. And Nicki Minaj's feminism is not okay yeah. because she's this kind of quite like out there, uh, very... Uh, she's very explicit in what her desires are and what she wants. And yet when Beyonce is explicit in her desires, it's okay because she's speaking from within a marriage. It's true. That is a very interesting point to make. That's very true. Because the lyrics of her new album are quite hardcore. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the explicit sex, it's similar to what Nikki speaks about, but you're right. And isn't it interesting that these judgments are coming from other women? Always. Completely. And, and actually within, you know, I'm sorry to keep going on about feminism, you know, it's I know it's, it's, ironic. Ironic. It's, I know it's a, <laughs> We're having that but, kind of conversation. But within sort of feminist circles, it's actually causing a lot of debate because a lot of feminists are very angry about the feminism of people like Nicki Minaj and Beyonce who show the body, who flaunt the body because, you know, that's, you know, considered to be buying into the male gaze. So I think that there's a very interesting discussion going on about you know what a woman is who expresses her desires and I think that that's why people like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj are really interesting and important for women at the moment and also within that the kind of idea of what marriage still allows you as a woman and kind of it gives you kind of it makes you more you know you've got more kudos you've got like you're legit if you if you're married but also that their marriage Beyonce specifically and Jay Z is like such a also such a public space for people to debate their ideas mm. about marriage, and yeah. I think that's really what happens with these celebrities is that they've become our new ways of debating what marriage means. So now, is he isn't he cheating on her? Was Solange kicking him in the lift because he's mm. just a lying cheat? Is Beyonce? You know, standing in her underwear on the stage at the VMAs with her baby and her man, proving that like her marriage is intact. I mean, people are interested in these things and yeah. what they mean, but it all also, the time it still comes and it down reflects to, back to us. It still comes down to her as legitimized as a married woman, as opposed to Beyonce standing on a stage being a really powerful, successful woman that women can look up to. And say, this is what I want to be, regardless of whether she's successfully married or not. Yeah, yeah. But she seems to need to have to have that successful marriage. But do you think she does or do to you have not to have to have and to hold? <laughs> but do you think I, she does or do you think that there's also society's like pressure on her? Uh, what if she person? got divorced? Yeah. What if her and Jay-Z got divorced? Then what? What? How would that affect how She'd people She'd still be a successful it? woman. Agreed. Well, well, this is, well, well, how would people perceive it? Yeah. I think um, that there'd be a lot of press sold and then she'd continue. She'd, yeah, she'd move on, that's for sure. There were also a lot of discussions in quite a number of magazines predicting their divorce almost and saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, um, Beyonce is being very strategic about the timing of when she'll announce the divorce because, you know, she doesn't want to look bad in a certain way and she wants, you know, she wants her female fans to, to kind of forgive her and to, you know, respect her even more for having making this decision while Jay-Z is going to look like the cheating husband. I mean, they went into in-depth discussions around the strategy 
of planning their divorce, which I also thought was it, like it's it's a little bit weird that we want to isn't to that, feed is, into that stuff. But again, isn't that something different? Isn't that about the press? That's not about marriage. That's about the press needing fodder yeah. to sell magazines. Mm. You know. Oh, the press! They're so <laughs> evil. <laughs> we just need to sell those magazines all the time. But my point is not really about that. It's more that they, I think people almost play out their own stories through these things. So the same debates that they might be having in their own minds, the same reality show that they might think that they're living through when they create their own hashtag for their wedding day, the they play their lives out in these sort of mythical figures of Beyonce and Angelina and 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 so much then rests on whether they do or don't get divorced because that's what the modern fairy tale is about. It's become about these people, these strange characters who represent us. I had a girl today saying, and she was actually talking about Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon, who yeah, apparently are also, okay, well, there you go. Mm. And oh. this girl so said. So going and renewing their vows yeah. at Disneyland every year just didn't work. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Who could have told them that was crazy stuff? And this girl said, oh, guys, I'm so sad. You know, these two, if these two are getting divorced, I don't think that I can. There's hope for me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't think say that, that all the time. Oh, oh, no. Actually, she said, if these two are getting divorced, I don't think, you know, that I, I can ever believe in marriage. And this Come is exactly on. what you're saying is that, you know, we look at these well, celebrities. you can't believe in the Disneyland version We of look marriage. at these celebrities and, you know, we think, oh, well, if they don't make, make it work, then what chance do I stand of making it work? Which is completely ridiculous. I guess it all comes down to the fairy tale. We just, we just want the fairy tale. And people go off and get, I mean, they go off and get married properly in Disneyland. I mean, just Google those images. I think we're going to put them up on the chat afterwards. Oh, guys, but Disney, it the happiest is place in the world. <laughs> How can you not want to get married in Disney? In your pumpkin coat. Exactly. And everything. <laughs> Melissa, perfect, Melissa. Perfect moment and everyone is the right size yeah. there. That's true. <laughs> Melissa on WeChat says, was married for 10 years, then he left me. Now I'm with a Ben 10, which is, you know, a much yes, younger man. Yes. And so happy. I just don't want to get married again. Thanks, yeah, I think Melissa. a lot of women do that. I think yeah. after their first marriages, they might be with someone but don't necessarily want to get married again. Mm. But then maybe that's because you realize what marriage, you know, what you constructed marriage to being about as opposed to what it really is. Yeah. You know, and then when you when you choose to get married, you know, it's interesting in terms of marriage in South Africa is that, you know, as a woman, you and I, I don't know if this has changed because I haven't checked for a couple of years, but as a woman, you have more rights if you're married. Like, you know, if your husband dies... You're more, you're more, you have more protection if you're married than if you're a partner living, if you're living with your partner without being married. Mm. There are a lot more rights for, um, you know, for gay couples if you're not actually married because, you know, it took a while for the, the laws to be updated. So I think that, you know, there's also that thing of safety. You know, marriage is safety. It's financial safety. And I think that that's a really important thing for a lot of people. And then you get couples who really are just looking for a companionship. They've been together for 20 years but have never been married. Yeah. But for them, that works. We toyed with not getting married. Really? No, we've, we've been together for like six, seven, eight years, somewhere there. We bought a house. I actually found that buying a house together was a bigger decision for me in terms of the commitment that was being put down there for some reason. Um 
and we lived together for four years before we actually decided that, okay, we're, we're going to get married. And I think it just came down to solidifying the relationship that we had. And I think looking forward to having children, if you we see, have children. Yeah, this is what I was saying, legitimizing it for your next generation. Yeah. So that they can happily inherit but it's, their it's, father's wealth. It's so interesting that it has Hopefully. to, that we use. Hopefully, let, let, yeah. It's so interesting that we use this word legitimize yeah. because if legitimize means that you're not legitimate. No, you sure. Don't do it. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And, and that's just so Bizarre. strange because being in a relationship that's successful and happy, shouldn't that be legi- legitimation enough. enough? And, you know, these notions of forever. I mean, what is forever in a world where everything changes so quickly? You know, we don't live in a time where you've got a house and a job and you stuck with it for 40 years, you know, you're always moving, you're always changing, you're always going different places. And I think that these ideas of forever and not growing out of someone or changing is a lot more difficult to hold on to, you know, but than it's it was. Also, I mean, the sad, tragic fate is that we're all living much longer. Yes. I mean, predictions are, you know, we'll all be living till 120, like that Mexican lady who... He says didn't, you need a lot of sleep. A lot of sleep, <laughs> a lot of chocolate. And she didn't marry the man that she had a lot of children with. Yeah, so that's okay. quite interesting. But because she has a lot of grandchildren. So I was quite fascinated by her. But yes, so when you're saying I'm getting married to this one guy for the next, or this one woman forever, for, forever, forever. forever. it yeah. used to be that like that would, person would legitimately die off, maybe yes. in childbirth yeah. or some fatal, you know, Romantic disease, yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> but now forever take doesn't away. necessarily mean forever. Well, now forever means a much longer time than I think they were initially making those vows. <laughs> yeah, for. and until <laughs> until such a point when I feel that, you know what, this is no longer working for me anymore. That's your forever now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> one last question. What do you make of these conversations among women, which sometimes end up in arguments where, you know, you have this woman who says, well, you know, I just don't think that marriage is for me. And then you have the, you know, the women who are married saying, oh, please, you're trying so hard to prove your point. You know, I sometimes see these arguments playing out among women. What, what do you make of that whole thing? I think that they're probably, you know, there's always that thing of being in a group and not being in a group. And mm. there's always, there's the group who didn't get married and there's the group that did get married. And, you know, there's probably on both sides, there's the group that who's married that, you know, they want you to be married because they want you to be part of the group. But also maybe there's a part of you when you're married, because the truth is, is when you get married, you do give up stuff, you know, like regardless, you get a lot, but you give up a lot. And, you know, and also not being married, you lose out on a lot of stuff, but you also have a lot of stuff. So I think that there's a kind of push pull of like, you know, wanting to belong, wanting to not miss out, wanting to be the person who made the right choice. You know, and but what is the right choice? The right choice is what's right for you. Yeah. And I think it's very hard to not get caught up in, you know, like what society expects of you versus what you want. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Francis. Roxy Berger and Francis Goodman, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. I had fun. Yeah, yes. It was great. Thanks. Okay. Um, Aspasia, that that's it. Between two fame. That's, that's another show. We're done. We're wrapped. You made it. Just in time, literally within the second of the show starting. Let me see if I get onto my plane now on time. So we'll be back with you next week on cliffcentral.com.